Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Great to have you with us. Welcome those online and particularly our, our family and friends in India that are watching. Um, you know, we're with you, we're standing with you and uh, believing together for God's uh, miraculous power to come through uh, the darkest hour. That's what God does, amen? That's what light does. Light destroys darkness. And uh, when the light's there, there's, there's no darkness. It can't stand, it can't prevail, it can't last. And doesn't matter how dark this hour is, his light is brighter, amen? Amen. You know, I, I know you're with me, I just can't hear you. <laughs> Uh, I noticed that uh, I'm, I'm a bit frightened uh, of the, um, the longer we wear these masks, you know, that uh, we'll develop, um, um, what is it, PC, PCS, uh, is it? Uh, Prince Charles syndrome? Um, <laughs> something where it pulls our ears out of shape and... We'll end up like Lower Earth or something, Lord of the Rings or something. We'll be hobbits with these. <clears throat> Maybe that's just me. I shouldn't have shaved this morning. That's what did it. Okay, well, you know, we're, uh, we're moving on <laughs> quickly. You know, I felt over this next season that, uh, you know, it's time to consolidate um, our position as a church, as believers. You know, we've got a few months now uh, before the end of the year, but we want to build strong so that when we go into 2022, you know, we just hit the ground running. Um, We're stronger, you know, we've gone through uh, the season um, that we've been through and, you know, it's it's been, uh, there's been a disconnect. You know, there's been a, a, uh, a, a, a scattering of sorts. And uh, what we need now is to realign our focus. Realign our focus, reestablish who we are and what we believe. And so um, I have this plan. It, it's very simple that, you know, I picked four areas. I looked at a believer and said, okay, what makes a believer strong? And I looked at, I picked these four areas, foundation, family, Holy Spirit, and mission. And uh, so each week, uh, we're going to just focus on one area uh, over the next months and, uh, you know, just get back to basics, build something strong, and uh, be deliberate, deliberate about building strong for 2022. Um, so today, I, I want to talk about Family, to build a strong family is, I guess, the most, the most important thing, the most powerful thing you can do in life is to build a strong family. And, you know, the family are the, the bricks uh, that build a community. And, of course, a believing family, a family of faith, are the bricks that build a strong church. Just, just how it is. And I want to look today at a, a, a man that built a strong family. 
a strong family. Um, and uh, in the most, you know, unsettling time, in a, in a, in a time um, that, you know, culturally where he was at was, was not easy to do. Um, so I want to look at a guy in the Bible, um, uh, a God-fearing man, a devout man, um, out of Acts chapter 10, uh, verse 1 to 8. And so uh, let's, uh, let's just open up our Bibles to that. Acts 10, 1 to, 1 to 8, it says, At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion that was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about uh, three in, in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. Cornelius and his family were forerunners. They were, they were forerunners for the Jewish and the Gentile followers to come together as the church that we know it today. This, this guy was, was the first one. But the verse I want to have a look at today is just verse 2. Because I see three things that he did, three things that he was known for that were powerful in building a strong family in Christ. And uh, I hope that will encourage us and, and motivate us along, you know, our journey today. The first is that they, they crossed the line. If you look at verse 2, let's read that again. He said, He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. He was devout and God-fearing. Now, in Acts chapter 8, verse 40, it says that Philip, however, appeared to Astos and travelled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Caesarea was the place where this centurion um, was based. But there's no evidence that Cornelius heard the gospel from Philip. It appears that, that he heard the gospel for the first time when Peter was brought to his place and um, they shared that time together. But he was a worshipper of the Jewish God, Jehovah. We know that because of the observance of his prayer hour was the same prayer hour that the Jews um, followed. Now, if we put this in context, Cornelius was a centurion. He was a, a captain of a hundred soldiers who guarded the, the governor of Caesarea he was a centurion of the Italian cohort, 
which meant that his soldiers probably were all Roman citizens. Now, you've got to understand, every place that Rome took, their citizens were like first class. They were the top of the tree. The Roman citizens in any part of the world that they conquered, the Roman citizens had rights that others didn't have. They had privilege that others didn't have. And so it was a a prime place to be, a, a great place to be positioned. And this is important because in his high position, he would have been expected to worship the Roman pagan gods. I mean, that would have been a given. You know, he was such a high-ranking officer that he would have had to worship those gods and probably um, um, expected to worship Caesar himself because Caesar was considered as a god. I mean, it was on his Instagram, all over it. But obviously, Cornelius and his family turned their backs on all of that, to worship the one true God, Jehovah. You know, this is, this is a big deal, folks. This is a big deal. Have, has anyone uh, watched that um, historical documentary, um, Gladiator? <laughs> With Russell Crowe. It's a true story. Um, Russell's a lot older than he looks today, let me tell you that. But, um, you know, he stood in the arena and they said, who are you? Tell us your name. And he said, I'm a, I, I'm a servant of a murdered emperor. He said, I'm, a, I'm a, uh, a husband of a murdered wife. I'm a father of a murdered son. Who knows that? Who knows that, that story? Why? Because in that day when you fell out of favour with Caesar, they didn't just kill you. They took out the whole family. They did that so that later on a a grandson or a son or whatever couldn't come back and take revenge on you. Rather, they just wipe out the whole bloodline. You know, they could sleep at night after that. So this guy in in this prominent position, somewhere he crossed the line. Somewhere he, he turned his back on all that culturally was to his advantage and worshipped the one true God, Jehovah. And of course, that decision, that decision opened the door to salvation and he was baptised in the Holy Spirit. Now, we know that in Acts 16 in Philippi, Paul and Silas were thrown in prison. God caused an earthquake to to open all of the jail cells and um, the prison doors. And when the jailer saw this in verse 30, 31, it says, He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. So we see it again. It's not just about the individual. It's about the household. And I know uh, there comes a time when, when, you know, uh, maybe just one person finds Christ, but I've got to tell you, the plan of God is not just for individuals. The plan of God is for the whole household. And uh, I know Annie, Annie is, a, Annie is an absolute believer on this. She, she fights for the household. 
She believes the generation. She fights for prodigals. She believes every prodigal has the right to come home, that God is waiting, you know, to, with open arms to embrace everyone. Why? Because they're, they're part of your household. They're part of your household. It's our, it's our birthright in Christ that our family flow and be saved in God, a family of believers. I've got to ask you today, you know, have you crossed the line? Have you crossed the line? Have you made that decision? You know, like Joshua of old, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, look at what that situation, that circumstance, those people, that cultural difference, that ideology, whatever, you know, for me and my household, we'll serve the Lord. We cross the line. There's no going back from here. Not, not, not one of us, not two of us, our whole household has crossed the line. As a family, do we stand together in Christ? Now, I know each individual has a decision. But that's the plan. That's the goal. That's our focus. Obviously, Cornelius crossed that line. Secondly, live with purpose. In verse 2, he and all his family were devout and God-fearing, and he gave generously to those in need. Gave generously to those in need. This is so out of culture for this time. It is so out of culture. It was, it was a ruthless time. It was a time where the rich and the privileged lorded it over the poor. It was a time when, when you know, being um, wealthy or, or being of status was almost a rite of passage. It's like if you were wealthy enough or powerful enough, you could do whatever you like and it'd never be questioned. Never be questioned. You're untouchable. So to have a family with this position who gave generously to those in need is incredibly rare. Incredibly rare. And it's obvious that, that they live with a purpose, a purpose that was greater than themselves. They had it all. But they chose to care for those in need. And for a man in this position, I've got to tell you, kindness was weakness. In this position, in this age, in this culture, kindness was weakness. Proverbs 22.9 says, The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share food with the poor. And so because he'd crossed the line, because he took the focus off himself, he and his whole household were blessed. They, they were blessed. And they were the first Gentiles to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, like next level. Next level. If you live for yourself, you can't be blessed. But if you live with purpose, then your generosity leads to great blessing. To great blessing. In Luke chapter 7, there's another centurion. This guy had a sick servant who had heard that Jesus was in town. And uh, he, he said, look, he went to the Jewish leaders and said, hey, can you, can you 
get hold of this Jesus guy and, and see if he'd come and pray for my servant. He's, he's incredibly valuable to me. He's important to me. Would you, he's in my household. Would you get him to come and, uh, and pray for him? And, the, you know, the Jews hated the Romans. The Jews hated the Romans for occupying their land, their territory. But for this Roman centurion, they'd do anything. They'd do anything for this guy. Why? Why? Because he was generous. Because he did whatever was in his power to make a difference. Because he lived with purpose outside himself. And his whole household was blessed because of that. They didn't do it because they had to. They didn't do it because, you know, they were afraid of him. No, no, they did it. I'll show you. Um, It says in verse 4 and 5, it says that when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. Generous. God didn't have to do that. Let me ask you this question today. Week in and week out, are we living with purpose or are we living for ourselves? See, it's so easy in this time right now to lock down and, and uh, you know, sort of closed off and, uh, you know, hemmed in and, and, you know, the whole world seems to be revolving around us right now. You know, what we have to do, how we have to be safe, how we have to, and I agree with all of that. But never, never forget that we live with purpose. We live with purpose that's greater than ourselves. We, we don't need any help to be selfish. Amen. We don't need any help to focus on me and my own. Let's, let's get out of our way. Let's break out and do something that, you know, is beyond us for someone else. I tell you there's blessing in it. I tell you there's favour in it. I love it. I love it when people step up and do that. Where, where are we making a difference? Where are we making a difference? Where, where are, you know, what's our reputation in our sphere of influence? In our network, our family, our friends, our, our, our connections, whatever. What's our reputation, do you think, in that little circle? I wonder, I wonder if ever we were in need. How many people would drop everything and come to our aid? It's a good indicator, isn't it? Because you know what the Bible says, you you reap what you sow. Amen? If you're not sowing, then you're not reaping. If you're a generous person, if you're like, like this centurion guy, you know, going out of his way to help those in need, then I tell you what, in his day of need, man, God steps up. God steps up. I love that. The third one today is that they walk the talk. Look at verse 2. It 
he and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. This, this was more than just a religious exercise. This was more than just going through the routine of religion. This guy had a relationship with God. He had a relationship with God. Verse 3, it says, One day at three in the afternoon he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. We're not talking about a high priest here in the temple. We're not talking about one of the chosen ones, God's people, where they receive a vision of an angel. We're talking about a Roman centurion, a pagan. But he was on a first-name basis with God. <laughs> How does that happen? How does that happen? Verse 4, Cornelius Stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is lost. A memorial offering before God. It had nothing to do with his status as a a soldier, had nothing to do with his rank. He wasn't one of God's chosen. He wasn't one of the, the, the priests of the one true God. Nothing like that. He just walked the talk. He walked the talk. He lived what he believed. He lived it every day. And God was so impressed that he chose them to be the first Gentiles grafted into the true vine. How cool is that? I know people travel the world to try and get connected spiritually. This guy, <laughs> I love it because they did it as family. Why didn't they just mention him in here? Why wouldn't it just be about the centurion? Why did they have to include his family? Because they were one. They, they, they'd cross the line. Together as a family, they live with purpose. And they walk the talk. I'm so challenged by that right now. I'm so challenged by that. If, if anything, you know... I think one good thing that's come out of this, this COVID season is that it's shaken believers out of their slumber. It's shaken them. It's like an earthquake has hit us and it has shaken us. What was comfortable, what, what was, you know, our routine, what was, um, you know, church to us, shaken. Totally different now. And different every Next week or the week, who knows? Only God knows. We don't know what it's going to look like next week. Two weeks ago, I preached to a blank room with a red light. Thankfully, the red light had a sense of humour, laughed at all my jokes. Come on, church. 
This is our time. This is the darkest time for the light to shine its brightest. You are the light of the world. The Bible says that. It's broken this habit of religion, this routine of coming to church. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church. Well, that's all been messed up. And I'll be honest with you, the the thing that, that challenges me, that breaks my heart is that many who thought their foundation was on the rock sadly are confused and disorientated and disconnected right now. I've had people say to me, they don't, they don't know what they believe anymore. That's not who we are, folks. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. We are the family of God. And over the next four, four months, we're going to build stronger and stronger and stronger in the things that make us who we are and what we believe. This is a mighty challenge. It's our time to build strong families, to focus on our, on our families who know what it is to believe and are prepared to action it every day, not just come to church, but, you know, be the church out there every single day. Because I've got to tell you, I've never seen a time like this. I've never seen a time like this. People and governments really don't know what to do. And I'm not, I'm not bashing them. I would hate to be a leader. You know, state, nation, whatever. I would hate to be a leader right now. When there's no precedence to this. Everyone says they're doing the wrong thing. How do you know? Five years down the track, we'll look back and go, you know what? That was good. That was bad. We don't have that luxury today. I would hate to be a leader in this time, to make decisions that affect millions of people. That is a pressure that, man, I don't, I don't want in my life. But they're grasping at straws. They have no answer. They have no plan. They have no certainty. For the first time... Our Aussie confidence is truly lost. The only answer is Jesus. The only answer is Jesus. And you carry him with you every day, everywhere you go, every word you speak from your mouth can speak Jesus. Hope, light, strength. Future, family, you can speak that every day. Only Jesus is the answer. Let me pray for you today. You know, those at home, if you're sitting and watching and, and you know, you, you're feeling like you've got no idea what's going on. He's got it in control. We just got to get in him. Just got to realign our focus, rebuild 
from the ground up, the foundations that we know are unshaken, that are never changing. Doesn't matter the time, the season, the, the culture, the ideologies that pop up, uh, the science. May, it matters no difference. He doesn't change. He is the rock. And we'll always stand firm and we'll stand firm together. We stand firm as families together. Father, I thank you for this. I thank you that there is hope in you. There is hope in you. Lord, it has been founded. It has history. It has, you know, uh, time and time again proven that you can be trusted, that you have been miraculous in our lives. And Lord, we grab hold of that and we stand up strong together and believe for your great mercy your favour to be upon us. No matter what challenge comes, we are in you, we are in Christ. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Thanks, team.